need to be Facebook or Google or Apple to have a strong culture. You just yeah. need to decide you want to have a strong culture. But culture is so much more effective than process or strategy or you know, all the management things that we learn. Welcome to Array Podcast, the platform to discover hacks and skills you need at different stages of building your business. I'm your host, Shruti Gandhi, founder and managing partner of Array Ventures. Array Ventures invests in founders focused on solving problems, leveraging big data, artificial intelligence, and machine learning. Visit us on array.vc. Support for today's podcast is brought to you by DLA Piper, a global law firm strategically positioned to serve and support high-growth technology companies, venture capital, investors, and founders wherever they do business. DLA Piper's lawyers help entrepreneurs lead successful businesses through experienced, cost-efficient legal counsel from formation, financing, M&A to IPO. To learn more, please visit www.dlapiper.com. On today's show, we have Tim Campos, former CIO of Facebook, who talks about the impact of a life coach on his career and challenges he faced as a CIO of two Fortune 500 companies, Facebook and KLA Tencor. Tim walks in and tells us that he likes honest VCs, and we're having a little bit of a debate here around that. And Tim thinks it's great to get transparent feedback. Absolutely. And usually, I am of that, you know, um, school of thought as well. Except I'm beginning to wonder if this is good. Um, and the reasoning was most people tie their identity to their work. Um, and they don't, you know, when you attack their work, even if it's just the work, uh, they take it personally. And I was telling Tim, it's like quote where people remember, like, it's not um, what you do, it's how you made them feel. <laughs> I think three years down the road, they still remember that. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I go back and forth on that. I think everything you said is true. Uh, it is how you make people feel. And it's a repeat game, so you want them to you know, do stuff with you again in the future. But there's also an efficiency of directness that, you know, when somebody tells you, won't tell you something that's going to be hard for you to hear, um, or they try to tell you in like a really nice way, uh, it just takes forever or you lose the message. And so then, you know, it's another year, two, three before the person gets the... Yeah. That's the thing that they need to hear. I, I grew up, I, I spent time in this company called KLA Tencor. Um, I like to call KLA the biggest company in the Silicon Valley that nobody's ever heard of. Um, but one of the values of- Why is that though? It's semiconductors. Okay. So they have, their customers are people like Intel, Micron, Samsung. They have, when I was there, they had 20 customers. They probably have like eight today. Mm. Um, and so that's why nobody's ever heard of them because you don't need to. Yeah. But if- if you didn't have a KLA 10 core, then your phone would cost 10 times as much as it does today. Um, but um, one of the characteristics of KLA, it, it, the culture at the time was uh, that we are HFC, honest, forthright, and consistent. So we valued at that company directness. And uh, Did you learn 10 ways to say no like the VCs then? <laughs> uh, I learned to perceive what no is. I could, I could see what that Yeah. You know, body like, language yeah it's like oh yeah. thank you very much for coming in no follow-up yeah that's a no right yeah. there 
Well, this is taking a different turn than, a, yeah. than what we were going to talk about, and I like it. Um, so, diff- yeah, 10 minutes to say no. Uh, let's talk about one, and then I'll contribute one, and then we'll, we'll move on to the normal <laughs> format. <laughs> um, so, okay, I'll start. Uh, usually, I, I, I do still think there's genuine reason to follow up with the, why someone, I'm not going to invest in a company. And I usually leave it to the market um, or a, um, you know, inability for the company to be making money fast enough. Something that's more concrete um, and cannot be disputed uh, because it's numbers. That's a, that's an interesting way I look at it. I'll do, I began to do quick back of the envelope math in front of the founders just to kind of say, here's why, and tell me if I'm wrong with my math. So they don't argue, you know, other ways. Like, it's not soft. Um, that's, yeah, that's one way to say no. Well, I've never been a VC, so. Well, I've you have, you I've only been on the other side. I can yeah. say the best way, and then maybe I can think of a recruiting analogy. Where yeah. I've had to say no, but. Um, you know, in the um, from the VC perspective, my favorite was when I got response right away, so it was prompt, um, like the, the day of the pitch, and um, it was live and personal. I mean, the best is face to face, but even over the phone to just walk through. This is how we got to the decision. This was, you know, the framework of the decision, and this is why we ended up making the decision that we did. Um, it, that was really helpful for me. Um, some of what I heard when I heard no was judgment that um, the people that were making it were yeah. very clear that they might be wrong. Yeah, and uh, that's 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 the conviction the founders need to have. Which is, is in some respects, it was kind of encouraging. Like, hey, if you really are passionate about this, just go with it. Yeah. Prove us wrong, and you get to say, "I told you exactly. so." Exactly. And we'll buy you a beer afterwards. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well. Thank you, Jim. This is this is a fun inverted start. Usually, we don't get into heated topics like these till the end. All right, well, cool. But I would love for the audience to hear your your quick quick stops, and then we'll rewind again to talk more about um, how you got here. All right, I'll go backwards. Okay, sounds great. So I'm I'm, I'm currently a uh, an entrepreneur, which uh, uh, doesn't mean it's not code for I'm unemployed. I don't call myself. I have a company. I got a co-founder. We are soon to have uh, investors, but uh, I'm an entrepreneur of a stealth mode startup. I got there after uh, leaving my last job, best, the best CIO job on the planet, which was the CIO of Facebook. I was at Facebook for six and a half years. I have so many stories to ask there. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, before Facebook, I was the CIO of a company called KLA Tencore. Yeah. Um, I was also there for six and a half years. Um, and before that, um, I was uh, at an internet startup, Portera Systems, um, where I ran uh, engineering and was uh, really, I started off my career as a software engineer. I started off at Sybase Silicon Graphics, mm. the internet startup. Yeah. Um, UC Berkeley grad, Go Bears. Go Bears, uh, yeah. Electrical engineering, computer science. I'm a double bear, did my MBA there. Um, and Columbia. And Columbia. So I have. You've got two for one. Yeah. I'm always jealous uh, yeah, exactly. when I heard that story. Much better price yeah. for MBA than you. Yeah. Got. Yes. Two um, X. Yep. Two X. <laughs> twice the alumni network and yeah. twice the uh, the parents to ask you to donate at the end of the year. So yeah. That's a, that's a one benefit you're getting. So you can say no. <laughs> you're learning ten ways to say no. But you don't want to say no. <laughs> yes. Awesome and. 
So was it easy breezy? Oh yeah, everything. I mean, I, I, my life has turned out exactly how I planned it. <laughs> um, you know, I was given a playbook when I was born, and it's turned out exactly. Oh, as so you you were born to Indian parents with an astrologer? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's. No, I was born to Dominican parents, so. My father's in the Dominican Republic. I'm supposed to be a baseball player or something. <laughs> But my, my uncle did, he had a prophecy that I would either be a millionaire or a bum. Um, At what age did he predict that? And I was like 10 years old. Oh, gosh. And so I always had that in the background. I was like, your, your outcomes are going to be bimodal. You're either what do I do to be a bum unless you're a bum? It's caused panic because if I don't feel like I'm being super successful, then I know the alternative is oh, I'm a bum. So... It's, 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 it's emotional panic. Uh, I have a similar story, but this is about you right now. So, okay, so you went to college. You went to UC Berkeley. Went to Cal. And Go Bears. Yeah, and then what happens? Um, you graduate when and what did you know that you wanted to go to Sybase? And tell us. Tell us I did. Yeah. So I, I knew very early on what I wanted to do. Uh, I knew uh, I was always passionate about technology. Tech when, gets me to be a millionaire. Uh, I'm just not so much the other yeah. story that I was always told was that I would be an engineer. Okay. Because I like to take stuff apart in the house. Yeah. And um, eventually people would get mad at me and then I'd have to learn <laughs> how to put it together. Uh, so my, my family was always telling me I would be an engineer and I, I became an engineer. Um, I actually started working as a freshman. Um, my wife, um, well, she was a girlfriend at the time, but wife now, she uh, high school sweetheart. Nice. That's another story. Wow. Uh, she was at... Uh, Did Diablo Valley College and found this job, um, uh, 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 job letter for for Cybase. They were looking for an intern, and so she brought it home. She gave it to me, and um, um, I was like, "Okay, that's that's cool." The thing that I was excited about, the job was for like the internship paid 13 bucks an hour, and minimum wage at the time was four. <laughs> so I was like, cool, I'll make more than all my friends. You and I both, I started working also at for 20-some dollars at IBM as an intern. My first, same same story. Those jobs are great, but they penalize you for uh, when you're going to college. Um, that's an income. So uh, you get less grants. Anyway. Well, I didn't run into that problem. But, uh, <laughs> I got, I applied for the job. Sybase yeah. basically um, didn't respond. My wife was like, oh, you have to follow up. Interesting. So I did. Um, and uh, she basically encouraged me to pester them every single day. So finally, after two weeks of this, they called me up and they said, please stop calling. We've given the job to somebody else. Oh, Go no. away. Oh, wow. Um, you called them every day for two weeks? Yep. <laughs> and um, so a month later, I get a call back from them. And they're like, uh, is this Tim? And I'm like, yeah. Uh, they're like, uh, this is Sybase. company told you to go away. Uh, would you mind coming to talk to us? Interesting. I'm like, sure. So what happened, they'd given the internship to somebody else. They got appendicitis. And by the time that this person said they're not going to be able to do the internship because they're going to be recovering. They, they said no to everyone. That everybody else had gotten yeah. jobs. So um, I had called them so much my resume was on the top of the paper stack. Uh, and so they called them back. And then I, I, I love it. The hustle. Um, so I did that. Uh, at the end of my internship, Sybase so wouldn't let me go. They really wanted me to stay. And so I ended up working all through college. And I graduated with four years of work experience. Um, I had lots of other benefits being in Sybase. Lots of access to computers and technology. Um, and it really helped in yeah. my college career. So. That's awesome. And then you went from how long did you stay at Sybase and what was your next move? 
I was at Sideways for four and a half years, and then uh, um, we moved down to the South Bay, and I was sitting across from what is now the Google campus um, while they were building those buildings. Uh, that was for a company called SGI or Southern Graphics, and uh, I was like, oh, How come they TV? Yeah, right. yeah, at the time, like Al Gore yeah. came to SGI to invent the internet, so <laughs> um, I, I really wanted to go work for them, and yeah. they had you know, been really successful with Jurassic Park. And, yeah. Uh, Dinosaurs and Terminator Two, and so I wanted to go do that because Sybase was a database company. Yeah. Talking to my wife about what I did at work was like, "Hey Shannon, go check this out." And I'd run a SQL query, press enter, and the cursor would move, and she'd be like, "Yeah, well, that's a big deal." Like, you understand? <laughs> we just went through four terabytes of data in like one second. Is that amazing? And she'd be like, uh, "Hey, come on, those jobs are fun." <laughs> now they're kind of cool, but at the time they weren't. Yeah. And but SGI was all about. So, yeah. um, so I went there, and uh, I was a really bad engineer, so they promoted me to engineering management, um, <laughs> and uh, and that's what you know got my career going on that front. And you were there for how long? Three years. Okay. Um, one of my customers was the head of IT at Lucasfilm. Okay. So we worked on Star Wars, the 1997 nice. um, Star Wars one. Um, we built a digital asset management system for them. Um, also did a bunch of cool stuff with CNN. It was a really cool job. Awesome. Uh, but my customer uh, became uh, the head of operations at Portera Systems. Mm. And okay. She was like, oh, you got to come over here. Like, we're doing next generation enterprise software. It's going to be really amazing. This is an early stage software as a service company. Uh, we were founded actually at the same time that uh, Port of Us, um, Salesforce was. Mm. And um, anyway, so I went over there to, uh, to run engineering. And, and uh, that's where I got to know... Gary Steele and some other people that really helped make my career later on. Uh, Bob Quinn, how can I forget that? The CIO of, of Portera Systems. We'll talk about that in a sec. Okay. And something happened at Portera. You just were telling us. Yeah. I want to know. It died. <laughs> it died a brutal death. It was all of a sudden, you know? So it's, it's March of 2002. We had just had our first cash flow positive quarter. We're crushing it, like, you know, customers are adopting the software, we're getting a bunch of stuff done, and within four weeks, everything shut down. It was a total shock. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was a financing issue, venture debt, sure. venture yeah. capital, fighting with each other, you know. So you were, left, was sort of a, <laughs> you were left jobless in 2002. Yes. So it's like May of 2002 now, I have no job, and. That was not a good time not to have a job. Mm -hmm. The only good thing about it, it was kind of cool to not have a job because everybody else didn't have one either. So, <laughs> Well, that's harder. <laughs> Other than going drink, day drinking, right. what did you do? <laughs> so I kind of panicked. My wife and I, we've been remodeling the house. and it was We put a bunch of cash into it. And um, so the dirty little secret, uh, it's not on my resume. I, I ended up going to work for Mercury Interactive within a couple months. I jumped at the first thing that would pay me. Yeah. Um, and it was a huge mistake. Um, like, this was bad. Uh, I shouldn't have done it. Um, because it was the wrong job for me. Yeah. And um, instead of, like, taking a step back and really thinking through, okay, I have this challenge. How do I, like, settle myself down and be comfortable being uncomfortable and go after what I really want to do? I just took what would make the pain go away. Yeah. Which was somebody that would pay me money. Yeah. Um, and I... I 
only stayed at Mercury Active for six months because I just hated the job. But the thing is, a lot of people do, a lot of us do that. Um, you know, sometimes and it's I money over everything else. Totally advise right. against it. Anytime you're working just for money, you but are selling your soul But what would you have done at that time? Like, you wanted, your house was being remodeled. I, I'm being practical. At the, I mean, now hindsight is 2020. What would you have done? Like, you should have waited? I should have waited. Okay. I, I should have done a startup. Some of the best startups were founded in 2002, 2003. Right. You know, like Google was just a little baby back then. Yeah. And uh, Facebook hadn't even been created. Yeah. Uh, they would, a lot of incredible startups were, yeah. were started in, in, in that time. And some of the best time to go off and do that stuff is in a downturn because, yeah. like I said, nobody right. else had a job either. So get exactly. a bunch of people to go work for free. Easy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, but um, at the end of 2002, the CIO, former CIO of Portera, uh, came to rescue me. He had become the CIO of KLA Tencor. So friends helped. Yes, friends helped. And he said, look, I really need somebody to come help me with this company. I didn't know anything about IT at the time. Um, I figured I would go learn a little bit about IT and that might make me a better engineer. And then I'd go back to building product. Um, so I went to work at KLA and, um, um, and, uh, and that's what got me out. And uh, two and a half years later, when I was supposed to leave KLA and like the CIO did me a really really bad disfavor he quit the job and he recommended me for it and um, so <laughs> instead of being able to do what I wanted to do which is to go leave do a startup I, yeah. I got offered the CIO role at KLA Tencor and I'm 32 years old I'm like oh man I can't pass this one up and you were one of the youngest CIOs yeah the youngest CIO of Fortune 500 at that time that's amazing yeah so I took the job and and uh, did that for several years, and that was that was that was a challenge. It was a really good challenge. Now everyone's dying to find out how Facebook happened after that. So it starts with um, a, a reassessment of my life, um, and after I had become CIO of, of KLA, I had spent so much of my life trying to get to that point. Like when I was still in college, I had. Uh, my friend's parents told me that, oh, yeah, you're going to be a VP someday. And to me, that seemed like, really? wow. Whoa. And it was such a goal. It was my password. I typed in every time I log into a computer at 33, BVP. That was my password. It's not anymore. And so. I wanted, what would, in our cake systems, I bet it's still like a password for many things, BVP. Uh, hopefully not, but uh, you know, I just might, might have lost my identity. But anyway. <laughs> um, but it, it was, I had I now achieved this goal uh, of, you know, I was a VP, I was a, uh, you know executive, I was, you know, and well, now what? And yeah. um, it didn't feel very good, to be honest. Like, I didn't really like what I was doing. Um, I felt, especially after doing it for a couple of years, like I was just doing it for money. And I couldn't quit um, because then... It would look like I was a failure and I couldn't, um, I didn't want to keep doing it. I didn't like the semiconductor industry that much. And IT in a semiconductor industry is all about cost savings, it's about cutting jobs and outsourcing and offshoring, all these things that I just hated. Yeah. And so I started talking to a life coach about what do I want to do? And you just found a life coach? No, he found me. Tell me more. Um, so this guy was uh, working with. Uh, company that I've, I've had a lot of history with, okay. a company called Taos, 
and he was leading their CIO consulting practice. And um, he um, was on the side, a life coach for people, and he took pity on me. <laughs> so he's like, all right, I, I, I'm going to work with I you. I don't feel so bad about myself now. <laughs> um, he took pity on me, and he, he basically, we spent several months together going through the definition of life goals against a bunch of different dimensions, um, against, like, financially, what do I want to achieve in life, and um, what kind of home do I want to live in, and what do I want my personal relationships to be, and what, what do I want my vocation to be, and what, what what's going to be important on that, and um, even things that didn't make any sense to me at the time, it's like, what what do you want your spiritual relationship to be, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what that is all about, and uh, and all this turned out to be very prescient, where, you know, here it is almost 10 years later, and I look back at these life goals, and I am achieving, I have either achieved or I'm achieving all of them. Mm, wow. And it starts with defining them. <clears throat> if I didn't have them, I would not achieve them. Um, so that's what was the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. And um, then the next piece was getting the courage to realize that the job where I was was not where I wanted to, to end. I wasn't going to retire as the CIO of KLA, which meant I was going to have to leave it um, because I wasn't going to become the CEO of KLA. And um, so eventually I made the bold decision in 2009, I'm just going to go. Uh, I've been doing 2009, another horrible time in I didn't market. know at the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the stock market had crashed, but I thought it was just going to be temporary. Then uh -huh. it bounced right back, like 1987. And uh, yeah, so I jumped out of okay. KLA. Did, I call it career skydiving. Um, <laughs> good one. Perfectly good job. And uh, decided to go back to business school. Okay. And um, you know, I figured then the right thing would cross my path. Right. Uh, a year later, Facebook crossed my path. How did that happen? I was at a CIO conference, and somebody said that Facebook's looking for a CIO. We were studying Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg in my entrepreneurial class, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a great way. That's amazing. To, like, you know, crush it in this class. I'll go in and I'll interview. I'll see the company from the inside out. And I didn't really think that they would hire me. In fact, when the recruiter saw my resume, he's like, KLA Tankorp, we don't. We don't look at people like that. Um, so I had to talk my way into it. And um, what? Well, no, no, step back. How do you talk back? Talk your way into it. What I said to the recruiter was, "Look, you need to look at the bat, the past of my resume, not where I, I am right now. Uh, KLA is something that taught me how to be a really good manager, and I have, um, you know, achieved executive status there. But my background is in innovative companies. So, Sybase was very innovative when mm -hmm. I was there. SGI was very innovative." There, Portera Systems is very mm -hmm. innovative. Startup, you, know, yeah. you can't be of course. startup and not be innovative. Um, so that that's really me. KLA Tencore is really not. Um, it just was more training ground. So pass my resume on, and so he's like, all right, fine. So who got the resume? Jonathan Helliger, who was the head of ops at the time. And this is where the story gets really funny. Jonathan take a look at my resume, and he sees Portera Systems on it, and he's like. Hmm. His wife, Jermaine, was VP of HR at Proofpoint, which is where Gary Steele was the CEO. And Gary Steele was also the CEO of Portera Systems. So Jonathan calls up Gary. He's like, hey, Gary, I see this guy, Tim Campos. Should we hire him? <laughs> and Gary's like, Tim Campos? Don't hire Tim Campos. He's like, really? Why not? I want to hire Tim <laughs> Campos. 
Uh, and so that got me in the, that got me in the door, That's and then the, the rest was, I, I think I was the only guy to pass a technical interview. That they I remember you telling me that. You had to do some sequel. Yeah, they made me, I had to draw a ER diagram, I had to build a whole coupon application, I had to write sequel statements. How many interviews? I think it was a dozen at least. Um, yeah. And when did you meet Mark? He was the last one. So after I met with everybody, I had to meet with Mark, and then I finally got to really crush it on my entrepreneurial <laughs> class. So I got to meet Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I had just read the case study. I walk in the room, and then I sit down, and I'm looking at Mark, and I'm like, <laughs> I was such a fanboy. It's so ridiculous. So, um, but it's funny. He, uh, Mark, uh, you know, as soon as I got my, you know my bearings back, he asked me, so what is, what do you think of Facebook? And I was like, Mark, this place has one of the most amazing cultures I've ever experienced. It's, it's more incredible than anything that, except maybe SGI. I was like, SGI? Who's SGI? <laughs> 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 he was 10 when I was at SGI, so uh, I get it. That's awesome. I get it. So the, and then it was, how long was that? Inter conversation interview. I think it was 30, 45 minutes. Okay. Like that. Um, you know, he asked me, uh, you know, basically what my thoughts on, you know, how you run organizations. Um, he wanted me to ask him a bunch of questions. Like, what do you want out of your CIO? And he was, he was like, you know, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that turned out to be true. Like, Facebook had no like real idea of what the job should be. Yeah. Um, which isn't unique to that job. It's basically how most jobs were. Mm -hmm. they, just, they wanted smart people to come in and figure it out. Um, and they wanted people who like had vision and passion and energy and courage to go off and, and do that and, and didn't need somebody to tell them. Yeah. Um, and so that's what it turned out to be. And you got there and you had to do something amazing. <laughs> yeah. So my, my uh, I was hired actually to fix this thing called Exchange. <laughs> um, which we all love. Which we all love, yeah. So, I'm like, two weeks after getting there, I remember Zuck's admin called me up. It's like, Zuck really wants to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> so excited. Like, we're going to really get into all this strategic stuff. And I get over to her desk, and she sits me down, and she looks at me, and she's like, you got one week before you're fired. I'm like, what? Uh -huh. She's like, this calendaring system sucks. Everything is falling apart. Meetings are not, like not on other people's calendars. We can't schedule rooms and resources. And you got one week to fix it. The admins are all going to revolt. It's terrible. Um, and so that's what's the first thing I had to go off and do. Wow. Um, <laughs> and so you know, we spent all this time looking at Exchange and how we we're going to fix it. And uh, we, uh, I basically said, all right, fine. I've got the strategy. <laughs> it was super innovative at the time. We're gonna move to Gmail. <laughs> the suspense. The suspense. The, you came with a strategy. You came with a strategy. We're about to meet with Zuck. We're gonna tell him like how we're gonna fix Exchange. We're gonna move to Gmail. And I get a I get an email from Zuck saying, I've just made the decision that we're moving the entire company off of Google Docs. <laughs> I want a plan for how we're gonna move off of Google Docs as quickly as possible. So now I have two impossible problems to fix. <laughs> One is to make Exchange stable. And two is to move Facebook off of this really innovative, really unique software platform for document collaboration and find a substitute. That's crazy. And you never thought of, like, so you went to another provi uh, solution, you know, service provider, but you never thought of building it in-house? 
We didn't have the capability. Yeah. Facebook was much smaller. Okay. 1,500 people. There were no engineers in my organization. Okay. Um, and so really the only solution at the time was to work with vendors. Mm. And, um, so I, I spent a bunch of time trying to get Microsoft to help. And there were some people there that really did try, but they were so slow. Yeah. So slow. Yeah. Um, and um, so we eventually figured out, we, we hired some people who knew Exchange yeah. from the inside out. We worked with NASA, which was one of the largest Mac exchange environments um, at the time. And we figured out all of our exchange issues. And on the collaboration front, uh, this is another interesting story. So, you know, we had to go propose what is it we're going to do. Yeah. Um, and so... We all, it was a big meeting with all the Facebook executives. Yeah. We sit down, like, okay, so we're on Google right now. Pretty much two options. Yeah. One was Microsoft, and the other was this company called Zoho. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, nobody liked the decisions, but everybody was like, well, you know, it's, yeah. you can't, nobody gets fired for going to Microsoft. Yeah. Right? They, 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 we've heard that. Nobody before. ever said that. Yeah. But, but that was basically the yeah. sentiment that, you know, okay, we'll, yeah. just, we'll just use Microsoft. And, um, Zuck saw me like squirming in my chair, just looking really uncomfortable. <laughs> and he, he looked at me. He called me. He's like, "Tim, you don't you don't agree with this decision, do you?" And I'm like, "No, I don't." He's like, "Well, why?" He's like, "Well, um, we've been spending a lot of time trying to get Microsoft to you know, be flexible with us on all these issues that we have, and um, I don't think that they can move very fast. At the same time, I've reached out to the CEO of Zoho. Um, he's really." like interested in trying to get Facebook as a customer. And um, he's willing to bend over backwards. I think with a little bit of time, we can make Zoho work. Mm. Um, and then the security guys, you know, jumped in. And there's a bunch of problems of with course, that. And yeah. I said, well, well, here's how I think we can solve yeah. that. And Zuck said, okay, you got two weeks. Um, and so <laughs> I spent two weeks working yeah. with security, working with Zoho, came yeah. back. And um, that's what we ended up deciding to do. And this is the most embarrassing accomplishment I have at Facebook is to like convince the company to use Zoho. But if success was to get people off of Google Docs, we did. Yeah. Um, we didn't have people who like tried to skirt the system and go use. Yeah. Because we got Zoho to the point where we could do everything that Google did that Facebook cared about. Yeah. Um, and um, so fortunately, uh, Brett Taylor. Yeah. You know. Yeah. His experience in this was like, oh man, this is a big opportunity. So he goes off, he starts quick yes. a couple years later. Yes. And you know that has its own happy ending. Yes. And uh, you know, now Facebook does a lot of quick stuff. But. That's awesome. So you were going to tell us uh, the please resign story. <laughs> I can't wait to hear that. It's actually related to this. Nice. So, you know, we have this meeting, and you know, Zach calls me out and says, "What well, you you don't agree with this?" And um, you know, and I and I was the odd man out in this meeting. And um, so the, the following Monday, I get an email from Zuck, and it says, please resign. And I'm like, what? Oh, shit. And I'm like, I've only been at Facebook for a couple months, and I've already screwed it up. I'm getting fired already like this. I'm sure you were not like that. You were just like pale more than anything. Yeah, I was scared. Yeah. And I, I'll never forget the, the moment where I was, what I was doing, how I felt. And I got this thing said, please resign. And uh, it took me two hours to get the courage to open up the email. And, um, and I opened it up. And it turned out to be one of the most phenomenal lessons of culture that I have ever experienced. 
Because as I opened it up, the first thing I realized is it wasn't just directed to me. It was directed to the entire company. <laughs> there had been a leak um, that week, and Zuck, and the leak was damaging to Facebook. And um, Zuck basically said, look, you know, I want to run a company where I can be open and transparent with the workforce, where everybody can know what everybody else is doing. And whomever was responsible for this, this they clearly doesn't. They clearly don't want that company. They clearly want us to clam up and to control and hide information. And so whomever you are, and we'll figure it out eventually, um, just save yourself a bunch of time, save us a bunch of time, go ahead and please resign. Um, and the reason this was sent to the entire company was to sort of get the message across in a, you know, it, it, everybody had their own similar reaction that mm -hmm. I did of, oh my God, I must have screwed up. But really all that did was to get them to pay attention. Yeah. This is really, really important. And then here's this message from our leader, from the CEO, telling us how he wants us to behave and why. And because it was so striking on the beginning, you know, we're not going to forget it. And we're going to share the story with other people who might come to the company yeah. later. Um, and instead of the Facebook needing to like institute a bureaucracy or a bunch of tight controls or like a whole bunch of process around information management, you know, we could just embed this into the culture with a really striking story created by the leadership of the company. And um, so that was that that was all we needed to do. And we didn't have you know, any leaks for, for years after that. That's awesome. There's nothing of, of material import. Um, um, and that's one of the defining aspects of, of the company. Mm -hmm. And this is something everybody can replicate. You don't need to be Facebook or Google or Apple to have a strong culture. You just yeah. need to decide you want to have a strong culture. But culture is so much more effective than process or strategy or, you know, all the management things that we learn. You know, Culture requires leadership, um, but it is far more impactful because it changes how people think when you're not looking. Mm -hmm. That's uh, Do you have uh, your own vision around the culture you're going to create for your own company? So there's a bunch of things in Facebook that I really like that I'd like to, to keep. Yes. Um, I really like the open culture, um, yeah. being transparent with people. Zuck would do a, a weekly Q&A with the company, and he was religious about that, still does it today. Anybody can ask a question. It keeps everybody on the same page. It helps you sort of get into his head without you having to work directly with him. Um, so I, I like that uh, aspect of things. I like the culture of innovation. Facebook has um, you know, really been uh, firmly committed to the notion that failure is okay. Right? Failure is learning. Yeah. Failure is what innovation is all about. Because if you don't try to do something differently and be open to the fact that you might fail in doing it, then you're only going to keep doing the tried and true. Yeah. And that's not innovative by definition. Right. Um, so I want to keep that. Um, I like the move fast aspects mm -hmm. of things. Um, you know, where we just don't have time yeah. to waste. Let's, let's get it done. Yeah. Um, but there's some other things that are um, also important. That these aren't necessarily anti-Facebook. They just aren't, weren't as strongly uh, purported. But, you know, there's a, a, an aspect... Like what I'm focused on is more uh, enterprise yeah. focused. I think it's really, really important to understand who your customer is and mm -hmm. what they, how you provide value mm -hmm. for them. Um, Get them to pay. Well, yes, yeah. eventually <laughs> they'll pay, but you know the, the goal isn't just pay. Yeah. The goal is for them to be super successful to get a ton of value out of yeah. using your product. 
And if they're getting a ton, they'll pay more. Yeah. If they're only getting a little, they're going to pay a little. Right. Um, so you got to start with the, the value that you can provide right. uh, to them. And to do that, you have to have a lot of empathy for who they are and what they are. And that's something that uh, is really important to me. Um, I think being providing exceptional service to your customers yeah. is something that is really important to me. Um, and uh, it was part of how we had to operate as an IT organization at Facebook. The expectation was the service was going to be amazing. Um, and uh, I want to provide the same for my customers. So Facebook now has a different um, culture tagline because every company that grows has to scale yeah. that. Um, like what are some incidents you remember that created these inflection points to keep changing the culture, delivery, you know, hiring the kind of people you do, any of that to go around that? But it has changed less than... Um, Less than it than you might think. Okay. Um, which is, I think, to its credit. Um, I think it's still very true to its roots. But like an example, it, we used to have the cultural statement of move fast and break things. And with time, move fast and break things was increasingly used as an excuse that breaking yeah. things unnecessarily right. was okay. And that yeah. was a distortion of what the cultural meme was about. Um, you know, the idea was that, you know, you got to try to do things different, so breaking that way is okay. If you make mistakes, <laughs> that's okay because you're learning, so that's okay. But, you know, imagine if the finance department had the culture meme, let's move fast and break things, right? Let's break the financial statements. Yeah. yeah. That's a bad idea. So as the company got bigger, the risk of breaking things became greater, and we, we had to drop that. Yeah. Um, and um, so, you know, that, that be it just became move fast was one of the Okay. Things one of the changes. Um, and again, it doesn't mean that failure here is bad, but let's yeah. be strategic about where it's okay to fail. And there's some places where it's not okay. To yeah. Fail. Um, you know, handling of user data is not something that we want to fail at. We yeah. We're really, really good at yeah. handling that kind of stuff. Um, do you think that Facebook, I mean, you're not there, but in terms of the direction that the company could take, it could take over YouTube uh, many television shows because of the the virality Facebook has with all the the videos and the live the live conversations and all all of that. I mean, this is the future question of where this goes with Facebook or anywhere else. And and Facebook has the most amount of data, I would say, to make that happen. Well, I'm not I'm not Zuck, so I'm I'm not the, the oracle here. Um, but um, you know, having been at the company, I know that Facebook is really good at accomplishing what it sets its mind yeah. um, towards. In part because it's, it's pretty tenacious. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes like the Facebook phone didn't work out very well. Yeah. You know, the paths that it on, it, it, it has to give up. But yeah. other things like Facebook groups or Facebook Messenger, um, you know, Messenger back in 2010 was a very different product than what it is yeah. today. Yeah. Um, and it's very successful uh, today. So so Facebook will be good at what it chooses to be good at because it's mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, it's it's very focused on it. I don't think Facebook's going to be good at everything because I don't think any any company can be mm -hmm. good at everything. I mean, you look at Snapchat, right? You know, yeah. Why is Snapchat so successful? It's filling a need <coughs> that is different. Yeah. Um, same thing with uh, you know Twitter. We bought Instagram and WhatsApp. Yeah. Um, so you know those things were successful in their own right, and they still are. They're they're largely like WhatsApp is largely left separate. Yeah. From, um, from Facebook. Um, so I don't think Facebook will take over everything. I think. No one company has a unique stranglehold on all the needs of the 
uh, of the world. And to be honest, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I think Facebook will continue to be successful in the stuff it decides to go off and do. And then what about you know back to fun some fun memories, um, the things you did there. Are there any stories around acquisitions, like something you learn about Mark Zuckerberg, some you know something that the world should know, or your own findings about yourself, your leadership journey, anything? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, the last one that's a, that's a great yeah because I came into Facebook having spent six and a half years at KLA, and KLA, as I said earlier, I learned how to be an exceptional manager yeah. at KLA Tencor. KLA is an extremely well managed company operationally efficient, very disciplined. Um, you know, we used to say at KLA, failure is not an option. Yeah. We, we just wouldn't fail. We, yeah. we did a global ERP implementation in 14 months, moved from SA, Oracle to SAP, and had no problems in the same year that the company had to uh, do Sarbanes-Oxley. And if you remember back in the day, like that was really, really hard. So yeah. we did two really, really hard things, and we did them flawlessly uh, at KLA. Uh, and so all this, I experienced all the success. Like you just put in these mm -hmm. processes. I found at Facebook um, in the short term that all worked awesome. Okay. I came into the company. I was bringing in these processes, and I made the IT organization a lot more structured. IT recruiting, all of that, yeah. But as we started getting bigger, that stuff didn't work, and. Um, you know, the, by the second year of my tenure at Facebook, I, I started to realize myself, my management style had to change. And I just was more receptive and open to what I was observing around me. And, and for me, one of the biggest benefits of being at Facebook for the time that I was, was the opportunity to learn from other people. Um, and I learned a lot about my own leadership that mm -hmm. I needed to, to let go. Mm -hmm. I needed to hire more really strong people and I needed to shift my job to uh, issues of vision, like what kind of things are we trying to do, um, and then empowerment, like get all the roadblocks out of people's way. And um, with time, that proved to be incredibly successful. And so I'm really proud of the team that I, that I left uh, today. Um, there's a whole bunch of things we had to build up, but um, you know, a, a big part of that started with me realizing that I couldn't manage everything. And it was kind of stupid to manage everything. I needed to start leading. And I needed to start leading uh, in a more inspirational, uh, right. more empowering way with my staff. And uh, That's a whole other topic. We'll have to have you back. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you, Tim. This has been phenomenal. Um, thank you for ha you know, having me here. Thank you for having yeah, me. And, and this story. I know our listeners and podcast listeners and, and the Facebook Live, which we're trying for the first time, will, will the audience would really love it. So thank you so much. Cool. Thank yeah. you.